Hi everybody, this is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. That must make me Vern Value. That's right. Okay. And uh, I'm sure people get it by now, but uh, we're 20-year Wall Street veterans yeah, who... Yeah, Val Hughes, Val Hughes. Yeah, 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 don't, you're giving it all away now. I just want to make sure giving... everybody got it. Okay, well, anyway, okay. some people haven't listened before. Let's just get this out in the open. We are 20-year Wall Street veterans who have gone underground... So we may offer our completely candid weekly reviews on stocks. You've seen our commentary in uh, the newspaper. You've seen our faces on TV. But our bosses would never allow us to offer our unvarnished views, so we disguise our voices so they'll never know. And, this and week, it's not easy to go it, underground in today's world. Let me there's a you. lot of technology involved, oh, yeah. and I, I don't want to get into all of Whew. that right now. A lot of you technology. Do. Do you want to get in? No, I don't. No, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. This week, we're going to review the August 4th, 2006 edition of the Value Line Investments Survey, that well-regarded uh, resource that we both subscribe to. Uh, and Val, this is me. I'm going to get into this a little later, some of the computer games they have in here. There's some stuff in here that's actually pretty exciting this week, uh, which is mainly the computer games, uh, for me anyway. And then I might do a food wholesaler, too. Cisco is in here. But I'm really excited about Take-Two and uh, Avid Technology. But before we get to all that, I'd like to introduce my uh, colleague and commentary, Vern Value. Vern. Oh, that's, that's an original one. I like that with Thank the alliteration. I was thinking Thank about you. it. Oh, great introduction. Thank you. Um, well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to lead off this week uh, with a return to some ground that we covered uh, on the last rotation for uh, recreational vehicles, um, a stock that Value Line likes with a two rating uh, currently was a one. The stock's off some. Um, but uh, uh, Thor Industries um, trading about 13.8 times earnings, so only about 80% of a market multiple. Um, the sector's been beat up, of course, because of concerns about uh, slowing consumer well, spending. What? Gasoline. And gasoline prices being yeah. through the roof. And, uh, I mean, face it, except for a very fortunate few of the baby boom generation, most people that use an RV do it for purely discretionary reasons. There is that segment that uh, lives in them, of course, and travels the country, et cetera. Uh, the Walmart generation, maybe we'd call them. But, well, uh, I think a lot of people still do that. They show up, they pay cash, and, uh, you know, they're, they vacation for a couple of months. Thor's, Thor's kind of remarkable because uh, the industry's already two years into, I think, a uh, cyclical downturn in demand, and uh, they've been growing right through it. Uh, acquisitions have been a big piece of it, but uh, they've also been taking market share, and this is an industry that uh, does a pretty good job of accumulating and reporting market share data. Um, I, you know, they, they've been buying, they've been buying the stock back, um, 20% return on capital profile. Um, but you know, for us, for value guys, I mean, you know, 14 times cash flow, 18 times free cash flow. Um, so despite the, um, relatively interesting PE ratio, still a little bit of expensive, uh, on a, um, cash flow basis, but a very solid operator. And recall, we're talking about a sub market multiple well into a cyclical downturn. So the uh, market still discounting incremental downside that, you know, I mean, face it, uh, we know some is there, and that's apparently being discounted, but maybe that means that there isn't more to be discounted into well, the stock. Well, this stock is off of, I'm just looking here, it was 8 at the end of 01, and now it's 40-something. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's probably, you know, a lot of the upside has probably been taken, hasn't it? Or what I've... 
Where, where do you stand on this one, Vern? <laughs> well, I, I, I want to contrast it with uh, uh, Winnebago, which Value Line has a, a five rating, five, uh, shade under 30 bucks. Um, you know, it's about 20 times um, earnings, but um, uh, range in the, you know, 27 to 34, the stock's kind of stuck um, at a level that, as I was saying, you know, reflects a two-year downturn. But um, I'm looking at $2 looks like a more normalized earnings level if you get off of just what is the next year's earnings forecast, and it would only be about 15 times that number. A little more yield than uh, Thor. Very nice return on capital profile. Uh, Value Line's looking for 19% this year, but uh, you know they do 30 to 35% in a uh, in a in an expansion in a recovery. You can see it in their numbers historically. Um, so 07 is going to be a, a crummy year. That's no secret, okay? And obviously priced into the stocks to some extent. Um, one of the things that uh, you know that gives me some uh, particular encouragement about Winnebago is they've launched a lot of new product in uh, Class C, where you get better mileage. This is a product. Um, category that is smaller than uh, the larger Class A market, but uh, uh, with gas prices up, important to have product here. They've got new product here, and so even with uh, interest rates up, which makes dealers uh, less interested in floor planning inventory and puts more inventory onus on the manufacturers, they've apparently been getting really good sell-through with this product um, in an environment where you might think that a new product might really struggle to gain any ground. I, think these guys I, are I guess what I'm that, um you know, raw material prices are going up, and so you'd think this could get out of uh, people's reach to own. But on the other hand, the home that they might sell, uh, you know, in retirement is going up. So purchasing power of their customer base is being maintained during this period, wouldn't you say? Well, and we're, I, I think we're, I, you know, we're talking about trying to make um, 6 to 12-month calls in a cyclical business, but a growth cyclical business because of its reliance on baby boom demographics. And, you know, favorite subject of yours, of course, Val. So I, I guess what I'm saying is the market's skeptical. The stocks have sold off. Um, you know, gas prices are a problem. It's a consumer discretionary. But um, I'd say after two years of uh, uh, declining industry fundamentals and declining demand, um, and with pretty solid results by these two operators, not everybody in the industry. Um, I, you know, I think they're interesting because the stocks are going to discount a recovery before it's even clear that the industry's bottomed. And I think there's a pretty good argument for a bottom uh, in 07. So um, names that you know we're coming back to again, we think are still interesting. Um, unless you want to add something to that, I'm gonna. No, I think go uh, I think you got them. I mean, the, the thing that would worry me about that is simply uh, gas and raw material prices. Uh, so you know, the guy who uh, was uh, on the fence about whether buying one of these things is is you know maybe going the other way. And how much of demand is based on these? You know, I almost didn't do that kinds of guys. I don't know, but yeah. Well, I think the important message is that we don't want people to lose sight of these because these are two quality operators um, in a tough industry environment, and it'll be tough to call the bottom. And so, um, you know, a, obviously, significant sell-off from these levels. You know, something definitely to be. The watching. thing about Winnebago that is impressive is that in a business that you'd think is extremely cyclical. They've managed to maintain a return on capital that year in and year out beats probably 95% of other public companies. And uh, with no debt, and, you know, uh, that's pretty impressive. Historically the best operator yeah. in the industry. Uh, Thor's come along and put together a pretty uh, sharp-looking track record in a relatively short period of time. But, you know, again, 
uh, aided a lot by consolidating several other players. And, it, you know, I, I mean, it really remains to be seen whether they can operate on, you know, organic growth alone in the same kind of environment as Winnebago and do it as consistently well as Winnebago has done over the years. But in any event, uh, you know, I have a position in both because they'll track each other. I mean, the industry call is the dominant uh, factor right now. Well said, Vern. Um, and and yeah. uh, Thank you. With that, I want to move on to something I think is a little more interesting, actually, um, because I, I haven't looked at these um, uh, Coke and Pepsi in a long time and um, because I just think of them as uh, uh, businesses that uh, – water sort of past their prime and um i you know it turns out i really i'm giving short shrift to i could say that three times fast right i couldn't Um, possibly i'm really i'm really not giving enough credit to pepsi and the track record they put up uh really i guess my impression the industry is sort of overwhelmingly colored by pepsi's the better company Uh, i mean if you look at the statistics over time they've put up better consistent returns to i mean i'm just from i'm not looking at the sheet but uh, diversification into snack foods, I think, was their saving grace. That was a growth category the, where beverages were not. It's uh, yeah, right. They've uh, they finally found a you know they found a way where Coke hasn't been able to successfully to um, leverage the brand and the platform uh, in a way that adds value. But uh, I'm optimistic that uh, Coke's turning the corner now that um, it's looking like they're. What I you know I'm not up to speed on this exactly, but I'm I want to say three to four years of uh, management issues uh, might be finally behind them. I mean, look at the chart and value line. Here. The relative performance has been terrible for uh, a number of years, really. I mean, as um, as growth stocks they uh, they peaked out, valuations peaked out in, in like '98. Um, they were, you know, and basically been declining since. They sort of rallied um, in the early part of the century, if you will. Um, you know, the stocks went sideways um, in recovering markets, um, and uh, and then you know peaked again in um, like 2003. Pepsi's been the better relative performer than Coke. Coke is really it's been an ugly slide for them. Um, the stock at 44 and a half recently. 19 times earnings, basically, about a 10% premium to the market. Pays a yield, 2.8%. Um, very nice return on capital, 30% over time. Supports the multiple, but it is like 16 times cash flow, 18 times free cash flow. And yet, you know, if you look at the long-term chart, they have, you know, they tend to put the, um, you know, the, um, uh, the average valuation over the entire period of the chart or, an important valuation bogey, and their their line that they've got on the Coke chart is twenty. Well, one thing about flow. Coke is, that's, you, you know, that relative chart. It started going down yeah. when the uh, front end of the baby boom hit. You know, twenty three, or the average baby boomer was. Uh, let's see, fifty six. You know, let's say forty, and the front end was fifty. I'm sorry, and uh, you know. That's about the time your doctor is probably telling you you got to cut back on the on the sweets, and now you got uh, you were never going to grow much above population growth anyway. Well, face it, a, a self-respecting adult also starts to feel a little silly ordering a cola. Well, I, I order a cola life, every day. Think? I have to say I love cola, but you know you don't eat four or drink four a day like you used to as a kid. And uh, for a long time, Coke thought that wouldn't happen. That uh, uh, you know. Uh, people's habits would, would follow them throughout their lives, and I think that's 
largely true until you get into some health issues, and you're seeing a lot of them now with regard to high fructose corn syrup and things like that. Coke also uh, has had a lot of trouble introducing a successful new product. They keep uh, they they keep trying stuff that that doesn't work. They've got something in the marketplace now called uh, uh, well zero, zero, and then they've got something called black with uh, some odd uh, punctuation in it, which is a coffee drink uh, mixed with cola. So uh, they're trying to yeah, use their distribution, but uh, population growth and the aging of the you know baby boomers has not helped them. And of course now you know Coca-Cola stands for America. Uh, that may not be such a good thing in a lot of places in the world where they sell a lot of Coke, although they tell you that's not hurting them. Right well, now. but th- yeah, and besides, when, you know, you're talking about when you're talking about the international opportunity, you're talking about penetration there relative to more mature markets that they have. So, um, even if the pace were to slow a little bit, it's still the better growth mm. opportunity than the established yeah, markets. Um, and and the brand is a they're going to figure this out at some point. They're going to figure out that they've got something that could have tremendous power, market other products besides simply cola derivative. You know, they've tried hard to develop some kind of a presence in what they call the non, um, what is it, CSD, carbonated soft drink uh, category, but they sort of struggle with that, and that's why I'm hoping that uh, the last management change might finally... Uh, put some more emphasis on making that happen. Lord knows it's an undercap. I mean, it's an overcapitalized company. They've got four and a half billion of cash. And in they the pay out sheet. half the earnings. That's in a only five point seven billion. Yeah. They, now they do sell deal. some things. I'm just looking um, through the brands. They've got an array of brands here in water, uh, particularly Dasani, Evian, uh, Danone. They own so there's three categories where the margin on that stuff's probably got to be pretty good. Uh, they own Minute Maid, Powerade, which is a Gatorade, uh, of course, knockoff, and so uh, you know they're trying some things here. And, and and they seem to have pretty good distribution with that product. I see it, you know, just they have amazing margins so. and returns. And uh... Uh, unless I, I'm not like I say, I, I've missed some of the recent history. It seems to me this company is coming off a period where they. Also executed some cost-cutting programs. Um, you know the returns do look better, and I was sort of struck by the fact that you don't see this a lot in Value Line. You know they show the little insider uh, transaction chart. I, maybe it doesn't mean anything, but sort of struck by no sellers in the 12 months, four buyers, including one each in the last three months. Um, I, you know the $44 stock price is a high, or it looks you know close to a high. Um, for the last couple of years. But if you could get back to 20 times cash flow on this name, you'd be talking about a $60 price target. And the reason to talk about these now is not only are they, at least on some relative scale, kind of washed out, but uh, they also should be pretty good defensive names if indeed the market's going to shift significantly away from growth and the way it positions itself. Uh, Pepsi's got the same $105 billion market cap on the, Day that they printed these, the same two rating that Value Line recently went to. So I'm basically what I'm doing is I'm supporting their call. Um, this stock's only three times revenue, where Coke is four times revenue. Um, Sixteen times cash flow is about the same, but a um, little more uh, capital inten- uh, expenditure intensive. So a little higher multiple of free cash flow buys you a little more growth, gets you a little stronger multiple, about a 25% premium to the market. 
Um, I, you know, they're net debt free. They have a billion dollars excess cash, the same kind of huge returns. Um, and they're doing that. You might you might miss this if you were looking at them carefully, despite a higher tax rate um, than Coke suffering. So um, all in all, I, you know, they both look kind of interesting to me. So what's the you know, what's the call here? The call is. I think to um, to buy the Coke bottlers. Uh, a half really, really. Um, because Wait I can't distinguish I between gotta, either I of the two. On that one, Bert. These Coke bottlers. If you look at their returns on capital. Yeah. Well, right. They're they like basically five were a way for Coke to, and I think it's my opinion anyway. Coke spun out the bottlers. Yeah. This Coke Enterprises. So they take a right. big inflow of money from the new buyers, which were the public. I was involved in, at a firm that bought, you know, looked at the IPO. This back in the 80s, and they basically sold the company for a lot with the brand name and the promise of uh, things to come. And they've managed to never earn a decent return because whenever they're about to earn a return, Coke just raises prices on this on the syrup. And, uh, you know, these bottlers are like the really successful restaurant with the mean landlord that keeps raising the rent as soon as he sees too many customers going into the store. So I think those guys, I mean, I've been wrong a lot. But uh, No, I, anyway. I hear you. And, you know, Coke owns, Coke owns 36% of yeah. uh, Coca-Cola Enterprises, which is the number one bottler. They own 30% of uh, a symbol C-O-K-E. I love that. Um, you know the number two bottler. Um, so absolutely, they control the they control the economic performance of both. But uh, the thing that strikes me is that they're trading um, they're trading off highs. They're trading in uh, um, in enterprises case at twenty one sixty. I mean, I'm looking at a recent historical range of yeah. twenty four to thirty. Um, you know, Coke is actually much closer to actual highs. Um, but it's also the cheaper of the two. So there must be something known about the structure and which one of these guys, um, you know, gets screwed the most. But um, for me, if you're going to get a sector play, which I think is what you're looking at here in these in these names, um, it's likely, at least in my experience has been, that the um, lower quality, um, lower market cap, uh, especially when um, uh, when you're talking about um, a lot of funds' inability to play um, Coke or Pepsi because of uh, the hundred plus billion dollar market capitalization, um, these stocks can actually give you more upside in a short period of time than you'd get out of either Coke or Pepsi, which are you know real steady eddies. And yeah, I'm I'm saying that I think there's a good case to be made that we're finding a relative bottom for them. But I think these are the two stocks that uh, I'd build some kind of a position in. Uh, to try and play a, um, a sector rotation into, huh? Um, I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not a. Uh, and in both cases, you know, they're 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 working avidly, if you will, to uh, diversify their um, product mix, uh, their bottling know. mix, their uh, volume I don't away know. from I don't the know. syrup dependent business. What else do you have today, Bert? Oh, okay. No, that's it. That's it. Coke and Pepsi, Thor and Winnebago. I didn't find a lot in this week's value line. Okay, honestly. well, they got me really. Uh, you know, it's not always a great week at value line, but there's some good ideas. It's time for a beverage break. So, uh, clink. yeah, here's a clink. Oh, that was a nice one. All right. No, oh, thank you. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm just looking. So, what are you going to talk about? This um, 
I looked through the uh, table of contents. I do. The, there's actually a lot of interesting stuff in here. Uh, the tobacco industry, uh, you know, uh, I, I think legislation stuff's generally going their way, and uh, uh, the cash flow multiples are probably okay, but there could be some ethics with that. Beverages you've talked about. Uh, grocery industry, mm. I mean, my God, that's just going to be going away. Walmart, I mean, the cost structure of Walmart versus some of these guys is unbelievable. You know, I looked at Whole wild Foods. Oats. Yeah, and, you can't uh, What's buy the other those. one called? Whole Wild Oats. Yeah. Good lord, they're ridiculous. For, they're grocers people. Well, they're, and, and they're uh, food it's, it's all just you know that that's a market share, uh, you know, guessing game as to how much of uh, people's diets are going to be running through Whole Foods and Wild Oats. Kroger. I mean, how are they going to compete with Walmart if they open a Walmart next to a Kroger? The Kroger dies. I mean, that's just. <laughs> Unfortunate, but I can't buy one of those. I look through. <laughs> well, except that what Kroger's doing is they're morphing all of their you know merchandising and product strategy towards Whole Foods. That's what's right, so ludicrous exactly. about the valuations for those guys, because Kroger's they bigger and got more muscle. They can you know continue to grow That's stores right. until Kroger just. I also looked through the food right. industry, and there were a couple of good ideas there that I printed, but uh, my printer was out of paper, so I'm going to pass on those. But uh, uh, Pilgrim's Pride, you know, the chicken guy, that's worth a look. Uh, there's still a bit of a scare in the market about this avian flu, which isn't happening. Um, the U.S., uh, you know, uh, stocks are locked up like Intel microchips and aren't going to catch the avian flu. And there's a, a good play there on, uh, you know, uh, Russian demand and Turkish demand coming back after a scare. That will be anniversarying up next year, so there's a little time on that one. Uh, there's also a stock in here that I own that they don't show here, Sanderson Farms, which uh, I think is the better play. But in any case, we're talking about value lines. So what do I have? Was that your question, Vern? I, I, I have a I have, I, know. I, I have I, a couple I things this week um, in this, uh, what's it called here, the entertainment technology uh, industry. And, uh, you know, I'll admit it, I play a video game or two here and there. That sounds good. The entertainment technology. Well, well uh, anyway, it, it, it is in the some cases. Cow, in right. fact, uh, let me just jump in. Take Two Interactive on page 1605. Uh, this is a software company, ticker TTWO. If you haven't heard about it, um, you certainly have heard of their best-selling game, Grand Theft Auto. Now, Grand Theft Auto is uh, among the uh, best-selling genres in video game history across multiple platforms, Microsoft, uh, Xbox, Xbox 360. It'll be out for the Sony PlayStation 3 and that type of thing. Uh, Oh, yeah, they're a very 60 much minutes in features the news because you know, evidently this... some of their programmers put a couple of uh, uh, let's I guess sexy scenes into the game, and some bloggers showed uh, how to get into the sexy scenes, and uh, evidently that's a big, a big, uh, a big problem. In fact, uh, I was down at the 7-Eleven uh, and I caught a headline in the New York Times about uh, them having these games, but. Of course, then my eye was drawn to the penthouse uh, behind there. But in uh, any case, uh, I guess it's a big, big problem. <laughs> there could be some sexy scenes. Uh, these are cartoon characters, by the way. Um, and they've, um, you know, these games are all marked mature, and they're working their way through that. But the game's taken a huge, the company's taken a huge hit because of this. The stock was at th 
Well, part of the problem is they've established that the distributors of it don't enforce the age well, restrictions I, um, in terms of who they sell it to. You know, so twelve year old kids are getting, kids are getting Tupac around. lyrics that talk about uh, you know crimes against women and uh, you know. So the point is that's a you know, very very a good point, Val. Condones things that our grandparents wouldn't like, uh, uh, but Take Two is not uh, you know re- really alone in that. Uh, and so, but right now the stock. 30 to 10, they're marked mature. This is mostly played by, uh, you know, adults 18 and over, I mean, uh, that, that get into these technologies or parents are buying the games. It's not people that aren't, you know, familiar with some of the tones. Um, the company's promised to take this stuff out, but here's the point. We talked to management a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't own this, but I'm looking at it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the publicity, right. like here, even in, in Value Line, it says their games have been pulled by Walmart. Uh, you know what? Games back in Walmart, okay? They took the scenes out, and the games are back in. You know why? Ah. They fly off the shelves. Walmart, one of the <laughs> things Walmart likes is uh-huh. things that sell. And so they uh, – it certainly <laughs> well, is. Well, so, Walmart is democracy in action, in right? <laughs> mature rated. The thing about Grand Theft Auto is it's gotten enormous free publicity. It's now got three or four versions in uh, the marketplace, and something that's happened that's pretty amazing is each new version sells more than the last. Usually these things, uh, the first one's great, and then they sort of, you know, the next one's good too, and the next one, but they erode each version. These keep growing, and we're going to have some sure. more platforms, et cetera. Now, the, also the good news is this is not their only thing. They, It's about... Uh, I think it's about a third of revenues, which is big, but they've got a bunch of other stuff. They've, they've been acquiring a variety of, uh, of, of, of game uh, production companies, Rockstar Games, Gotham Games, uh, Jack of All Games. So as they build distribution, they're broadening the platforms that they're on. They're broadening the games. Well, we're looking at it right okay, now. Okay, but you said you didn't it. buy it. It's in value line. i got to talk about ah, it. Ah, okay. Now, it's, it's, uh, it's had some other problems as well, which are giving us a chance to buy it. They're caught up in some of these options things where, guess what, everybody? I mean, people gave options to their employees, uh, and, you know, now all of a sudden, uh, in, uh, with hindsight, uh, you know, maybe people want to, f- you know, button down the accounting on all that. Well, they're going through and doing that. Every firm is doing it. Uh, they're doing it, and uh, their stock is down a lot on uh, on just some problems primarily with this uh, Grand Theft Auto and the negative publicity. But I'm telling you, it's back. Uh, they're uh, on some new platforms. The cash flow per share estimate and value line for next year is a buck. The stock is a 10. Uh, you know, you're never going to get to buy this at this type of multiple. The other thing that's happening is as more people spend time in these environments – uh, you know, there's some thoughts of putting advertising in the environments. You've heard about that. Uh, no one's really figured out pricing. And the question right now is, is a billboard in the game like a real billboard if I'm spending hours a day in the game versus hours a day on the roads, which is what's happening? And there's a potential that the time spent on these games can be translated into revenues beyond just the price of the game. It, c- it could be a real estate play, which is an odd thing to say, but this is all evolving right now. They've got one of the strongest franchises in the space ten times 
cash flow. So uh, that's my pitch on Take Two Interactive. It's trading at an 800 million hmm. market cap. You got sales which have never gone down during this period of uh, a billion three. So it's selling at about 70% of sales. Uh, some of their losses last wow. year were due to the acquisition of uh, two new studios and paying up for some of these uh, great game designers in advance, just like an author gets paid in advance. So that's all going to roll off. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity. Now, let me just move along. I'm taking a lot of time here. Um, here's another one. Avid Technologies, uh, ticker AVID, page 1594. Um these guys are very interesting. I uh, I looked at a product from these guys. I play uh, a little guitar, Vern, and uh, they have uh, digital um, editing systems for music and film. And you know they're uh, they've got quite a nice platform there. Um, let's see. They make a range of image manipulation products designed to create graphics and special effects in film, advertising, news programs. Um, they have a shareholder list that reads pretty well, including Columbia Wanger Asset, that's the old Acorn Fund, Oak Associates, which is a famous uh, value investor, uh, TCW Group, Trust Company of the West, a couple of others here. And, um, you know, they seem to be... Uh, on to something. They, uh, their operating margins are in the stable 16%, 15% range. Their returns on capital are, uh, you know, right now challenged in the 10% area. They had a tough first half due to an acquisition and some write-offs, but uh, they appear to be uh, gaining share in digital media, and uh, they're buying shares back with free cash flow. Gee, I've heard that there That's, might be uh, more really of that used of a, in the future. Bit of a future play. It's trading at a discount. Digital media. Right uh, it's uh, it's trading uh, well at a little bit of a premium to uh, to revenue, but uh, Value Line has this rated for it's uh, buy a little piece of the digital future, uh, and you know take a, take a number along with some other smart shareholders here. Avid Technology A V I D. Uh, next, I got one here called uh, Macrovision, M-V-S-N, which I might have talked about here before. I like this one. I, I'm not I think sure you've talked why, about this other one than before. that they have a couple of monopolies, which I like, and they have um, 32% operating margins, 21% net margin. Monopoly runs. Now, they have a very low return on capital simply because they have too much capital in the business uh, to the tune of $5 a share in cash, no debt. So it's not $20 a share. It's $15 a share. Cash flow per share is a uh, $1.20. Uh, well, no, but cap spending is, a, Free? is, uh, is $0.25. Cents. So you got a buck of cash of cash so flow a buck. per share. So right. this is a lower multiple Free than I, or flow. rather higher multiple than I like. But here's what they do. This is very interesting. Macrovision does the protect, protection, copy protection, on uh, you know media. So they were the ones who put the squiggly lines on your TV when you tried to copy the you know VCR tape 25 years ago. And uh, lately, there's become a battle about digital media. Who's going to you know protect the rights of the DVD copying, the CD copying? Who's going to make sure that the cable box doesn't get copied, etc.? Well, 
Yeah, I remember this, and it's well, in, right. in your have the uh, thesis. Is it looks like they're going to win? Everybody's going around. No one's going to be doing that. It's too lucrative. Nobody can do yeah, that. Right. You've got to make sure. Well, meantime, they've been doing it. Everybody hates them, but everyone hates them equally, and they hate other people more. So it just seems to be evolving to where uh, they're going to, you know, be, be involved here. Uh, their sales just, while everyone's arguing about it, just keep uh, going up. Uh, and, uh, you know, their margins here are unbelievable. So uh, I don't think, in fact, Value Line here is predicting that operating margin, when you get out a couple years past all this, uh, you know, all these issues with exactly what's going to happen with digital, you know, high-def DVDs and all, they're predicting a 40% operating margin. Uh, the, the, the other thing they do, in addition to protecting digital media, is they're the ones that have this little thing called install shield. So every time you load up a program and it sort of unpacks itself and puts itself on your computer and you see this thing, install shield is now, you know, governing it, that's them. They own it. Then the other thing they have is yeah, a company yeah, I know, I know. that, uh, in, in big corporations that are using thousands of different computer programs on varying number of desktops, they have software that manages all that so that everyone's sure that the right royalties are being paid to the right people. And they... And that's big business, uh, you know. So uh, they oh, they yeah, have all these yeah, little great monopolies, and you buy it for what I think is, uh, you know, what ten, twelve times free cash flow if you back out the cash. They've got three or four great comparisons coming up, and uh, and I own that. Meantime, now I want to just contrast electronic Looks arts. Looks like a good place ticker, to buy. E R T S. 1597 is the yeah, page number. Everyone loves this. Everyone talks about this being the one to buy if you're going to get involved in digital. Uh, you know, these guys are right now going to generate cash flow this year of 80 cents a share. Next year, buck seventy. The stock is 47, so it's trading at nearly 50 times this year's cash flow. Even on their peak cash flow, it's trading over 20 times. It's trading on over 20 times next year's expected cash flow. The returns on capital... Uh, it used to be great until they had to start paying enormous sun, sums for these franchises of the you know baseball and football and basketball and all that. The sports leagues, you know, know where to raise price as well. So uh, don't buy Electronic Arts. Go buy Avid, uh, Take Two, and uh, and Macrovision. Yeah, it's the uh, sports leagues and associations and players yeah, associations. Yeah. That and then finally, just so you have something those, that you're sure uh, of, because all these three stocks I just mentioned could blow up. Who knows? Uh, but I don't think so. I think they'll be okay. But Cisco, S-Y-Y, food distributor, biggest in the marketplace. They provide food to all the restaurants. Two point, great defensive name, 2.4% yield. Great uh, defensive name. Stable as hell. And trades at, uh, you know... 14 times cash flow, so that's not my favorite price, but it's absolutely safe as uh, safe as glass, I guess. Glass is oh, yeah, safe. quality. Anyway, that's what I have. My favorite name this week is Take-Two Interactive is. TTWO. And, Vern, that's all I have this week. Well, and I, I think you've got a couple there that really were any uh, better than... Anything that, uh, you know, I, the strongest argument I could make was yeah. uh, for something that might yeah. happen uh, bring some more downside to the RV name. Well, you can play these games in an RV, so it's actually, them. you know, you get a little synergy with all the ideas from this week. Well, and with the, uh, you know, retractable yes. video screens so. that are going in pretty soon. All right, well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This is well. Val Hughes. Get it. Very and. Uh, 
and Vern value.